Abandoned to Mother, the incredible, emotional, and life-changing transformation we take when we go on our journey into motherhood. From all things conception to postpartum and parenthood, I will be talking with parents and hearing their stories of navigating these times while sharing helpful information along the way. Together, we'll be covering all stories, no matter how you have chosen to conceive, birth, or parent. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Maiden to Mother Journey episode 15. I am Kendall, your podcast host, and today we are speaking with the beautiful Renee. Hi, Renee. How are you going? Yeah, good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me. Can you start by sharing a little bit about yourself and your family and where you live? Sure. Um, So my name's Renee. I am a wife and mother to two little ones. So I've got a three-year-old boy and a five-year-old girl. And then I'm also a stepmom to a 13-year-old boy. So that keeps us busy. Um, Yes. (laughs) Very busy. kids. (laughs) We live in Bundaberg, Queensland. And um, yeah, we're just living down at the beach, which is awesome. So that's about it really so i'm part-time stay-at-home mum with my little one obviously and then the rest of the time i'm now our infant and child sleep consultant so that keeps me busy amazing and we wanted to um actually talk a little bit about your business before we get into your motherhood journey could you tell us a little bit about um your business and how that came about and what services you offer women yeah, so obviously after having my own two children um, and it was actually, um, I was very interested in getting them into routines. My mother always told me if you need to do one thing, it's to get your babies into a routine. Um, so I did and then it was actually my husband who wanted to start teaching our little girl to self settle, which I originally was not on board with. Um, but two nights and she was sleeping a lot longer stretches through the night and it just absolutely piqued my interest into how these little ones work, how their sleep phases work, how their biological clocks work and um, I've always had a passion for babies and little children since I was little um, as I've only ever wanted to be a mum. So it all sort of tied in and fell into place and I obviously got into my study and look I absolutely loved it and so what I currently do I offer online programs as well as um, hands-on so say you're having issues selling your little one that I could come to your house and help you actually teach you to settle your baby to sleep so I do sleep training with babies from newborn to up to five years old and when I say sleep training I would rather use I help families assist their little ones to sleep I don't really like the phrase sleep training as such I think it just sounds really harsh Mm. um so basically you would come to me if you're having any sort of sleep issues with your little ones not sleeping through the night having too many night feeds uh, reliant on you cuddling rocking to sleep so I would work on naps with you night sleep um, any sleep associations like the rocking padding I go through their nutrition, so feeding and solids. Um, we look at settling techniques if you're looking at trying to help your little one self-settle to sleep, um, age-appropriate routines, and then most of my packages include a two-week support period. So if you need that guidance and support, I'm with you the whole way for that two weeks so you're not on your own to do it. So, 
Well, Amazing. Yeah. And while we're actually on the topic, sleep training can be a, probably a bit of a controversial subject. Would you agree? So people associate sleep training with making your baby cry it out. And by that, most people think sleep training means putting your baby in their bed, shutting the door and letting them cry themselves to sleep, um, which is absolutely not what I do. <laughs> and I'm so against this misconception and I think it's just something that needs to be widely spoken about a lot more so parents can understand and get that need. And what I say to my parents is, you got a toothache, you go to the dentist. You know, if you're feeling sick, you go to the doctor. So if your little one's having sleep issues, then go to a sleep consultant. We're there to support you and to help you assist your child. And in return with that, the whole family creates healthy sleep habits. So it's not about just leaving them on their own when they're little to find their way. It's just assisting these families, creating these health, healthy habits and making sure that these babies are safe while they're sleeping. Mm. And that's it. It's simple. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm fully on board with it. We we did sleep training with my son, and it was purely for the purpose of it. it we had unsafe sleep because he was so attached to me. He would not let me put him down. He wanted to be in the bed next to me. I was stressed out. He was stressed out. Like it was just, it was not good. And I think it was about three days of tough work of settling but we never sat there and just let him cry um three days and then he just started sleeping like nine hours um you know at four or five months old and ever since then um he's slept incredible it was a, a three days of hard work but a couple of weeks of consistent routines best thing we ever did for our family so yeah and um, i mean look it can be a horrible couple of days like i always say to my clients i'll be honest with you i'm not going to lie to you to expect a miracle overnight but it all just comes to down to consistency and patience and just getting these little tips and tricks because i really do believe that mothers of newborns especially just aren't given enough information on what to expect for newborn sleep for them, for like postpartum, for sleep, um, I think these days it's just something that's just not given enough information about. People assume I've got a newborn, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't be able to sleep at night. You know, newborns don't sleep when, in fact, newborns actually sleep the most when they're at that newborn stage. So, mm. so just working around that and helping parents um, get that information that they need to make everybody happy. And let's just put it out there, sleep deprivation is real, whether it's your little one or you. Like mm. more accidents happen in the world by parents with sleep deprivation than drink driving, but we just don't hear about it. And it's something that I'm working so hard to get out there to just encourage parents to feel safe and confident to reach out for help and not compare themselves to others. I think it's just something we need to really bring home and um, have available for parents. So, and that's why I offer support periods because I don't want to give you some instructions and leave you to try and work it out and fumble your way through it. I'm here. So you've got me from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m., six days a week. Um, outside hours are available also. I do overnight visits too. If that's what you need, it's just about I work around your needs and your parenting style. So mm, That's amazing because babies literally need to learn how to sleep don't they well they do um it's not that they can't sleep all babies can sleep it's just yeah. some, need, some need more assistance than others and mm. you know the parents just have that lack of information where yeah 
that's what piqued my interest with my kids because, yes, we've been lucky. We've had big sleepers and it did just take those couple of days, just like you, that hard work and persistence. But, look, my five-year-old, even though she started prep this year, she still has a day sleep every Saturday and Sunday for an hour um, because that's just been her routine since she was, what, four months? Mm -hmm. And four or five months is an amazing age to start. For newborns, I encourage have those cuddles, enjoy that contact time, do all those things, you know. It's beautiful moments that just fly past, whereas once they get to that four to five months, they're actually quite clever. So they can pick up these things very quickly and it just makes life easier for everybody in the family, not just your little ones. Yeah, amazing. I agree. Um, and we yeah, will be happy to share all of your details and your Instagram and stuff like that if any listeners want to get in contact with you. Cool. That'd be great. All right. Well, we'll move on to your motherhood journey. Let's start with Kenna. She's your oldest daughter, five. Um, could you tell us actually, well, take, take us back to the start. Um, you, you didn't think that you could have children. Is that right? Yeah. So when I was younger, I first started off with a really bad case of glandular fever. It was actually the day Princess Diana died and I'll never forget it because mum thought I was so high on drugs at the hospital that she didn't know what I was talking about. Um, but they thought then that I had um, meningitis, all these horrible things and anyway, glandular fever it was. But then over the following two years, it then I ended up getting sick again constantly and they diagnosed me with a, um autoimmune illness called sarcoidosis. So basically that's clumps of inflammatory cells in your body, usually in your lungs, your lymph nodes and your chest cavities. So, but the treatment for that, um, the doctor told me that my treatment was toxic to anything fetal. So when it came to babies, the chance of me conceiving was zero to none, basically. Mm -hmm. um, but because I was so young, I was about 13, 14, it wasn't really relevant at the time. So I just took the option because not treating it meant I would get a lot worse and that was not a just wasn't an outcome I wanted to explore so I did the treatment for the illness and then um, as I got older I just it was becoming more and more prominent that I knew I just wanted to be a mum and we explored all different options with my gynecologist because I also had polycystic ovarian syndrome as well and that obviously can cause issues as well. Um, so odds weren't on my side mm. and we'd sort of accepted the fact that it may not happen or it would be a very hard journey. So I explored all my IVF options. Um, my husband and I had talked about adopting from another country and it almost looked like that was the way we were going to go. Um, and then we had to go to New Zealand for him to play hockey for Australia in 2017 and I come down with what we thought was um, salmonella poisoning because a few of us got that from eating sushi. But um, upon coming back from New Zealand, the doctors ran tests, treated me for salmonella poisoning, and I got sicker. Um, and I guess pregnancy tests was just overlooked because the odds were quite low. Um, but, yeah, in the end they found out I was pregnant. <laughs> Amazing. So it was a complete surprise. It was. And I remember my gynecologist saying, I'm pregnant. He's like, you can't be. And I'm like, I am. Like, I've had the bloods. I've done all this. And he's like, because I had a Mirena in at the time as well. So, oh, 
Oh, yeah. With the odds against my favour. It was just. I um, really wanted to come into this world. Yeah, massive surprise. It was a massive <laughs> surprise telling my husband. <laughs> I was actually pregnant, but he was just really so happy about it. Um, yeah, all of a sudden here we were with this. Well, we didn't know she was going to be a girl, but... Um, Yes, we kept it close to our hearts for a fair while because we knew the odds weren't amazing and we mm. did have a scare with her at 20 weeks. Um, she stopped moving. So we did think at that stage that the pregnancy wasn't going to go through. Um, mm. But we were extremely lucky. <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll, we'll talk about your pregnancy then. Uh, obviously said you were pretty sick at the start. How was your pregnancy overall with Kenna? Uh, it was bad from the beginning right till the end. So <laughs> I was sick the whole time. I was in hospital several times. Um, I got the cluster migraines, so loss of vision all of a sudden with no warning. Um, yeah, so I had various visits to the hospital with her, but, yeah, just sick every day like my husband would leave for work and he'd give me a bottle of water and a bottle of pino clean and he'd be like just don't mix those two up and off he'd go like <laughs> it just became way of life for us because i was just so sick it was it was horrible <laughs> oh you poor thing that sounds so awful i really feel so sorry for women who have to go to go through that and like how how are you going with work and stuff did you were you still working or uh no so i had to stop stop work at four months because it just wasn't possible um for me to just get to work every day i couldn't see clients because obviously i was just sick all day um when they say it's morning sickness it was never for me it was all day and night sickness not just mm. Um, morning sickness but yeah just the constant sorry that's my little man <laughs> um so yeah it really actually wasn't until the day after I had her that I woke up and had my bucket ready and thought hang on a minute I don't need to be sick and it was the strangest feeling in the world but oh my god <laughs> so what did you do in that pregnancy to prepare for birth and what sort of care did you have um, so we had our little girl down at Budrum Private Hospital. Um, so my gynaecologist, Dr. George Bogiatsis, is down there. And he obviously, because of my illness, he'd been my gynaecologist from the get-go because my rheumatologist, my blood specialist, was also at Sunshine Coast. So it made sense for us to have it down there. And I always wanted to have a water birth and they had a brand-new um, birthing suite there for the for the water birth. So we mm. had planned for that. Um, we did all our um, antenatal classes and everything down there leading up to the birth, which was amazing. Um, we obviously travelled down for all of that. Um, and then, yeah, we were prepared for the birthing pools, but unfortunately when the time came, um, Kenna hadn't turned around yet and she was fully breached. So unfortunately it wasn't an option. But at the end of the day, as long as baby gets there safe and healthy and happy, then that's all we were concerned about. Absolutely. How So how far along were you? Um, so 38 weeks on the day. Um, and also, did you go into labour? 
No, so I didn't. Um, but just based on how I was progressing, I was in a lot of pain with the position that she was sitting backwards. Mm. I was leaning on a few of my nerves in my back. So I, I wasn't getting any sleep. I was in a lot, a lot of pain, um, as well as the sickness as well. So um, my gynecologist called it and said, baby's coming early. Uh, so that was a second surprise because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we still had two weeks to prepare, but he said, no, baby comes tomorrow um, because it was just he didn't want to risk the extra issues with the um, nerves in my back mm. and just the way everything was going, he just said, no, it's time. So, Could well, you tell us about your C-section? Yeah, so obviously unexpected I was scared shitless if I can say that on here because yeah you can say it girl <laughs> we didn't have too much knowledge of what we were walking into we'd learned about it and um obviously in our antenatal classes and all that sort of stuff we had learned a lot about the c-section and everything um but just as it wasn't our first choice um when it did happen I was extremely scared of what to come because I had no idea on epidurals or pain management um so I ended up just trusting the anaesthetist with our first one purely because I just didn't have enough, you know, knowledge on what was best for me. Mm-hmm. And he decided for me that he was going to give me a spinal tap and an epidural just based on he said that if, you know, the epidural runs out or the spinal one runs out, then you've got a second backup. Um, because she was turned around and breached, then he said it could have been a lot bigger process than, you know, just a normal go in, have a C-section, go home sort of thing. So they prepared me for that and, um, you know, it was amazing. Like I, yeah, I had a few troubles with anaesthetic as I do, but um, as for recovery, I was pleasantly surprised. Like I was warned, you know, six weeks, no driving, this, 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 you'll have this much pain. Um, but look, honestly, I was I got clearance to drive in three weeks after my C-section and honestly it was I had a really quick recovery I was pleasantly surprised um because I'd been warned otherwise but yeah yeah no we had a really good experience with recovery obviously we got straight into physio as they do they send them up and as we were down at the coast we got straight into making sure and it was at Christmas I've got my little girl's four to uh, five days before Christmas and my little boy's five days after Christmas. Oh. Um, that's just how it is. But um, so we made sure obviously at that time of year to get in and get all the help we needed straight up. Um, we actually were in hospital for six nights. So we had the option to stay in for up to 10 nights. Um, so my husband stayed in with me the whole time. Um, we had luckily we had private health cover. Um, because of my illness, because otherwise I wasn't um, covered for pregnancy. Mm. But um, because we were did have that private cover, we chose Budrum Private, obviously, because we had my gynecologist, which is what I wanted. And, yeah, so six nights in hospital, I did have issues with the baby blues. Day three was horrible. Um, so my doctor said straight away, no visitors for two days other than my husband because um, my parents were at the Sunshine Coast looking after uh, my stepson at the time, so I had the baby blues and that was horrible. And I could you had, explain a bit about what you were feeling? Um, it was just, I mean, I was having trouble with my milk coming in, obviously because I'd had a Caesar. My body wasn't ready, so um, 
I just woke up that morning and I was just down on everything. I could, all I could do was cry. You could only just speak to me and I would burst into tears. Um, my husband had no idea what was going on with me, but mm. I just couldn't see the positives in anything. Obviously, issues with my feeding and I was just so determined to breastfeed. Um, and I know that's not a huge issue because fed is best, but when you're in those moments, and I think it was just an imbalance of hormones, obviously the shock of you know, and the pain from the C-section, tired, um, just emotions were running high. And um, I was so lucky at Budrum Private, like the girls there, we had obviously a midwife, different midwife every eight hours. So 24 hours day and night, we had midwife by our side. Um, They were keeping like one mil of colostrum. And then when my milk came in, they would keep like one, two mils of breast milk just to encourage me to keep going and you know they were so supportive look we can't talk I can't say anything bad at all about our experience it was just absolutely amazing as I said my husband could stay I mean we had like a private little suite um he slept in the bed with me um the nurses one night even came and took all the babies out so the parents could get some sleep because there was only six babies on the ward. But Stop it. Oh, that is lavish. <laughs> it was amazing. Like they even had a room outside our suite where dads could go and they had TVs set up with PlayStations and baby swings so the dads could literally take the babies out through the day so mum could sleep. Oh, but, gosh, I'm going private. <laughs> <laughs> just honestly, having the extra support of the staff there, like even through my baby blues, my gynecologist walked in and I burst into tears. He's like, that's it. Close off the room. She's having no visitors. Just husband, just cuddle your baby, feed your baby on demand. So I literally laid in bed all day just feeding and sleeping with Bub and obviously my husband was there to make sure we were safe. But mm just it's a horrible thing for mums to go through and I feel for any mum and some mums just don't feel like they can express how they're feeling but I mean it's enough what your body's gone through but to just get your head around you've just created a human they're here you've been through hell with your birth experience the pain the sleep deprivation it's just (laughs) unreal it's just a level it's just it is a lot it's a it lot. is a lot. I definitely, I can relate to what you're saying there. It's it, it, sometimes you, you just don't even know why you're crying and it doesn't happen to everyone, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I, I can definitely relate to that. I was just a bit of an emotional wreck. Um, it wasn't like three days. It was like five or six days for me, <laughs> yeah. like a delayed reaction. But, yeah, I can definitely relate to what you're saying. It's a lot mm-hmm. to adjust to overnight for sure. Um all right, well, let's move on to Tyler. Um, again, did, was he a surprise or um, was yes, the situation? So. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly was. Uh, so after we got married in 2019, we went back to the doctor and said, you know, um, we'd like to try for another one. Um, I always really wanted to have two of my own, I suppose you could say. Um, and Nigel's already got his son, obviously, as well. And um, the doctor sort of said, well, look, granted that my husband, he's eight years older than me. Um, and just the issues before when we had Kenna were still on the table. Um, he said it'll either go one or two ways. Um, so having Kenna could have either made things better or worse with regards to my illness and my polycystic and all that. Um 
So he said, I'll give you 12 months of trying. Um, if not, from there we will go deep into IVF or um, we'll just have Kenna and um, Nig my husband's son. So little did I know I was actually pregnant at the time. Sneaky <laughs> <laughs> um, so little babies. I know. So four days after the wedding, I oh, maybe sorry, a week, sorry, after, we were just sitting watching TV one night. My husband said to me, you know, you haven't held your stomach like that since you were pregnant. I was like, yeah, ha-ha, funny, funny, whatever. And then the next day I woke up and I just thought, I don't think I've had my period lately. <laughs> and because I've always had issues with periods and long periods, I've never been able to track my cycle and mm. any of that. Um, so I went and did 13 pregnancy tests <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> really, just to make sure. Just to make sure um, before I got home to tell him because my gynecologist was away at the time <laughs> and I couldn't get him to get a blood test but I was just just not feeling right and I hadn't been for a little while. I'd just been tired but just no obvious signs, I suppose. Um, again, not expecting to be pregnant um, but I was pregnant. so <laughs> That's incredible. And it's crazy how you instinctively were holding your stomach. I uh, had another lady on here a few episodes ago and she was doing the exact same thing before she even clipped that she was pregnant, holding her stomach. It's crazy. It must oh, be wow. our subconscious knows. And look, since doing my sleep consultancy stuff, I've learned a lot about how just in tune, obviously, mothers are with babies and those links and, you know, they'll run three blocks to find you and dad's sitting right next to them. Um, mm. that's <laughs> thing. But just the link between your baby and you is just incredible. It just it is something. It's just absolutely astounding how it all works. But, yeah, just subconsciously, I guess my body knew and, um but yeah, as I said, like it was nothing I picked up on because I wasn't sick yet, but yeah, it just felt different. Um, so fast forward through that pregnancy, I was luckily only sick for the first um, 12 weeks, which was nice when it stopped. Um, oh, wow. So a very different experience from your first yeah, so the doctor seems to think that obviously having Kenna, I naturally have high estrogen levels. So it could be that the extra estrogen from her um, is what contributed to me being sick with her. Um, but obviously they're not too sure what actually causes the HD. Um, mm. There's still a lot of investigation going on with regard to that. So, yes, and, again, we didn't find out with him either. Um, we were happy to get a surprise at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, other than that, his pregnancy went really well. So it was a total flip from my original pregnancy. Um, he just, yeah, all he wanted was fruit, obviously, because when <laughs> he was born he had the biggest, widest umbilical cord. It was just like a 20-cent coin. It was ridiculous. Wow. He was so much bigger and so much, well, healthy. <laughs> <laughs> bigger than we thought he was going to be. <laughs> so, um did you decide to just go the pretty much the exact sort of model of care that you had with Kenna? Yeah, so again, um, we went back down to Budrum Private, did all our courses down there, and um, again, I wanted to lean towards the birthing pools, but um, I guess depending on who your obstetrician is at the time, mm. some lean towards your second one, go straight for a Caesar. Um 
And, well, he did say to us he would prefer me to have a Caesar because um, of what happened with Kenna and just all my health issues. But I said to him at the end of the day, we're just going to trust you to make the judgment because I just, yeah, it's just that unknown, I guess, of just not knowing what's right for your body. But Yeah. Um, so we did end up going for a Caesar instead. Um, and... His was quite traumatic for the fact that they thought Bub was only going to be tiny, around six, seven, but he turned out to be eight pound mm. and he was so far stuck up under my rib cage that they had to rearrange a lot to get him out. Um, no way. So it all started very smoothly. Again, I had a spinal tap as well as an epidural. Um, that's what was recommended to us at the time. So we went with that again and, um, everything was going well until everything stopped and they turned the TV off and everyone went quiet. There was no crying. So for me, I was in an absolute state of panic. Um, my husband kept reassuring me everything was fine, but his pale face told me otherwise, <laughs> um, and then they had to bring in uh, about four or five other nurses and all I could feel was hands inside of me and pressure. Oh. And it was like driving a truck with no power steering, basically just back and forward, pull and push. It was quite aggressive. But, um, yes, um, they ended up getting him out and it was a healthy baby boy at 8 pound at 11 a.m. on the dot. So... <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. <laughs> oh, look, it is what it is. And I'm just so grateful for my doctors and nurses knowing what they were doing because it could have definitely gone the other way. Um, mm. Did take so, him a little time to cry, which made us panic, but no, he was fine. What was he? Was he um, breech as well or was he head down but just really up in your rib cage? Yeah, just um, really up in my rib cage. A lot further than what he should have been um which they think is why on my scans it looked like he was considerably smaller because he was tucked right to the back but so he was somewhat hiding but so far up so i've got a few issues with um my lungs now just from having to move things around in there um but the important thing is they got him out but yeah my recovery was obviously a lot more stitches um like scar wise he'd done it perfectly straight over the same scar from Kenna so for that I'm grateful um but yeah just internal healing was hard really mm. really hard um yeah. so that took quite a bit longer um and still subsequently now I've had a few issues just internally with obviously the position he was in the force it took them to get him out but Yes, he's here and he's happy and he's healthy, so we couldn't ask for more than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you feel as though your, your second recovery was a lot more difficult than your first one? Yeah, definitely. The first one I was just, yeah, three weeks and I was back driving and doing simple things. But if I can advise anyone to do anything with pregnancy, get into your physio straight away. Obviously they usually send one to you to do, you know, check your separation and everything but mm. I think the physio and just gentle exercises and stretching getting in the pool once I could swim was just amazing I think that really helped um 
that's what helped me anyway. I know everybody's different and their circumstances are different, but, yeah, just with my recovery with Tyler, it was, yeah, a lot more painful and a lot longer road. But, yeah, we got there. Yeah, and how, how did you feel your postpartum was with Tyler, especially considering that you had a toddler as well? Um, yeah, it was actually good. So I actually got the kids, I got him into a routine a lot quicker, which made things easier. Um, even from a few weeks, you know, I started putting him down for naps awake to see if he would start self-settling, which I wouldn't usually do with clients. But in this case, um, for me, handling a toddler and and a baby, it was a lot easier to have, um, you know, a bit more hands-free time for my little girl. Um, but, yeah, it was probably postpartum, the pain side of things was a lot harder, but I didn't actually find it too much of a challenge having a toddler as well. I actually found it good, best advice ever. I bought her a doll with all the accessories, so when I bathed, she bathed baby when I fed, she would feed her doll. When I clothed, you know, playtime was together, always made sure she felt included. Um, so I actually found it better with two um, because I know mm. when you've just got a newborn, you can absolutely get caught up in the trenches of, you know, eat, feed, change, repeat. Yeah. And it can have an adverse effect on the mother's mental health just um, you know, staying home for those six first six weeks if that's what you choose to do, which is what we chose to do. Um, yeah, it can just be, <laughs> it can be hard, whereas I think the toddler made hmm. it a lot easier. It was just a bit, you know, broke up the day a bit more. Whilst I was busy, I was lucky enough to have help. Unfortunately, my husband had to go back to work straight away this time, um, but I had my parents on board to help me where they could. But they seemed to just flow into the same routine um, with sleeps and everything so that made it a lot easier um, but yeah obviously having any sort of support with friends and family is just an absolute blessing so yeah, we've definitely. been very lucky but and did you breastfeed both of them yes I did so I was very um, hell-bent on doing whatever I could take to get to breastfeeding um, so with Kenna it did take a bit longer and it was always a struggle with her journey um so we did give up the breastfeeding at eight months, which I was very sad about. Mm. Um, so we had to introduce formula with her um, from the very beginning, be only because my milk didn't come through straight away because um, I had her a little bit earlier, which was fine. And then we transitioned straight back to full breastfeeding. Um, but it was just such, I just never knew it could be such a hard journey, the breastfeeding. But yeah. um, I got to the stage where it was just like, I can't do this. I was in tears every day, every night. You know, my nipples were bleeding. Um, it was just, it's hard. Like mm. it sometimes comes across as if it's the easiest thing in the world, whereas for me it was just so hard. But yeah, I persisted and we got help from the local lactation consultant here and she was amazing. You know, she was the support. She gave us a plan. She We pushed on. Um, we worked on Kenna's latch, um, which helped a lot. And, again, it just comes down to not having enough information. Like you can't just sit baby on your boob and they'll feed. Yeah. Um, it's like what you said before. Like if you're having like breastfeeding issues you should see a lactation consultant you know what I mean like we like if you're having sleep issues you should see a sleep consultant like 
yeah. yeah, we've got access in Australia to those resources for free. So um, yeah, like lactation consultants and stuff. So I think I should have a lot sooner than what I did as well. Mm. Um, you just think, oh, you know, I'm just meant to struggle through this. Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I'm a mum now. I should be able to just make it happen. Um, and my husband said to me, you know, no, that's not the right attitude. He said, if you've got the support, you take it. Mm. Um, so I wish I'd gotten on to our lactation consultant um, a lot sooner. And she was just at our um, public hospital, so it was free. It didn't cost us anything to go to her. And, yeah, she was just amazing and gave me that um, extra encouragement to push on. And I'm so glad I did. And, look, I wish my breastfeeding journey would have been a lot longer, but I got mastitis bad um, to the point where I just couldn't. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's okay because at the end of the day, fed is best. And you did amazing. Once, Eight months. <laughs> hectic. Yeah, once she got to formula, well, then, hey, hubby can step in and feed. Yeah, exactly. I know they came with express milk too, but yeah. um, it was just, yeah, I'm just like, why didn't I do this sooner? Like, <laughs> especially with when I had my second one and I had a toddler as well. Like we decided to start him on half formula, half breast milk from the beginning um again because my milk had trouble coming in because he was 38 weeks on the dot as well mm. um so we started him half half and look everyone's entitled to their own opinions um but for us that's what worked yeah because my husband had to go straight back to work and I did have my family supporting me that meant that grandma could take bub and feed him while I had a sleep and granddad would take the toddler and put her to bed or we would just, you know, it was just easy. There was one night we got food poisoning after a Christmas party and we rang mum and said, you know, we're so sick, we hope it's not gastro, you got to come get bub and they could just take over. and Yeah, amazing. So, yeah, Tyler was probably, yeah, seven, eight months again, but he was half-half and, again, best thing we ever did. That's what worked for us, so... Um, we wouldn't change that but it took a lot of stress and pressure off me too to always be you know supply and demand um mm. mums do go through that stage just feel like a, a milk factory you know <laughs> constantly just feed 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 and it just adds pressure that mums don't need yeah um, definitely yeah we have enough of that oh, 100% <laughs> we do <laughs> oh that's amazing so I wanted to ask you a little bit about the cost, if you're okay with sharing that. Um, do you remember what it was, what it cost to birth through privately and anything else associated with it? Um, so for Kenna, I think at the time if we didn't have, so because we had the private health, we were fully covered. We had full hospital extras um, purely just because of my illness. Um, I'd never accounted for pregnancy in my private health. But we were lucky in that respect, so we just had to pay our excess. So for Kenna, we had a two hundred and fifty dollars excess, and we didn't pay anything else. No but, way. No. So our That's whole. That's so good. I think it ended up when we got the invoice was about eight thousand dollars, and that would have been for the six nights, obviously the operation, the anaesthetist, and all things. And that was for Nigel to stay with me. He got fed as well. Food was amazing. I cannot um, speak more highly of the hospital, the staff, the food. The whole experience was just epic. Um, but, yeah, it was about $8,000 back then. That was in 2017. And then with Tyler, same thing. We just paid our $250 excess. And um, I think when we got his invoice, 
because they still send you the cost regardless of what you have to pay. It worked out to be about 11 grand, but we were in hospital with him again um, six nights with him as well because my doctor was amazing and that he said, I want mums to leave here confident and feel like they are ready to go home, not because yeah. you need food, not because we need the bed. And he said, like, I would have had 10 days to stay in there and then after that if Bub was in special care, I wouldn't be able to stay, but Bub obviously would be. Um, but, yeah, and that was incredible because with Kenna, she got we got out Christmas Day with her. And so obviously there was nothing available if we needed anything. Everything was closed. New Year's, everything was closed. Mm. So we stayed in and I'm so glad we did because it gave us time to work through feeding. It got me past the baby blues. Um, It ensured I had that physio and everything I needed for my body and, you know, stitches and all that sort of care. Um, But, yeah, we were just so lucky that we had that full cover. Mm. Um, and, well, I had my specialist on hand. My blood specialist was obviously in Sunshine Coast and obviously my gynecologist was also my obstetrician. So, um, yeah, we were just, yeah, lucky. Amazing. Um, all right, got a couple of questions. Do you have any product recommendations for other mamas out there? Um, look, honestly, I can say to you that I don't think it's necessary to spend thousands of dollars on a monitor. We used one from Target that was, I think, $69. And it was amazing. It had a 5K radius. It didn't do all the smart features with our phone, but it did the absolute job. So Mm. if you don't want to spend the money, yeah, it was amazing. Um, Just go to baby bunting. The staff there are amazing. (laughs) We just went in there and I said, look, my first baby, I have no idea what I need. And they just went bang, 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 bang. They even let us know when it was coming on special. Um, That was good. But um, for us nappies, we found Aldi have been the best. Don't leak. I know nappies are hit and miss um, with different things. Um, No, actually, I want to touch on this right now, actually. Aldi (laughs) nappies are next level. So I have a 14-month-old, and this is for all the mums listening. I use Huggies only for like 10 months I did not even look at any other brands just because that's what we started to use and I just I don't know that's just what I use and then I we shopped at Aldi and it's $11 for a packet of like 40 nappies and I was like you know what we'll just why don't we just try it um and see if they leak then that's okay we'll just never buy them again and he has not had one blowout (laughs) at all in the $11 nappies so you definitely don't need to go like the best of the best and definitely try out other cheaper options. And he hasn't had a nappy rash or anything in those Aldi nappies. So I, I'm all for the Aldi nappies. Yes, I, yeah, they just are so much cheaper, to be honest. So cheap. Um, oh, obviously, I'm not being paid to say this, but. <laughs> no, no one's being Aldi paid. All the way. The swim nappies are good. Um, yeah, like mine are all toilet trained now, but. Yeah, especially for night times. I mean, mm. I've tried different nappies that if we've been at a friend's house and I haven't had one, they're like, here, grab one from here. Always had leaks, always had blowouts, but Aldi has just for us been amazing. Um, yeah. bottom wise definitely for like when you first get out of hospital with the undies, like I know the Modi Body do some good overnight undies to sleep in. Mm. Um, But just check Target and Kmart now. I got mine from Target and, honestly, 
they just don't leak. And I was so scared the first night I tried them because um, I had a lot of bleeding postpartum. But they're amazing and just put them in the washing machine the next day. They save time and they're obviously reusable, so better for the environment. But, yeah, just Target's got them now, Kmart's got them now. So you just don't have to spend huge amounts of money when you're, you know, taking care of yourself. But mm. other than that, postpartum products, um, just keep up with your moisturisers and your oils, like your bio oils, things like that. Um, just you've got to be consistent with them. I know yeah. stretch marks and everything differ between mums. But, um, yeah, just make it consistent. Keep your skin moisturised and sunshine. I can yep. definitely say sunshine, <laughs> honestly, in those parts postpartum trenches. You might not feel like it, but even if you just sit outside with bub on a blanket, yep. the sun will absolutely just make you feel a million times better. <laughs> absolutely. Just go out and have a coffee in the morning in the sun. That's right, yes. Mm. Um, and last question, if you could give any piece of advice to a mama about to embark on this journey, what would it be? It would be don't Google anything. Oh, my goodness. I just got off another <laughs> call literally before you. She said the exact same thing. <laughs> but go on. I got myself into a lot of trouble postpartum with obviously I had extensive bleeding and different things happening. And, um, yeah, I invested in Google more than I should have and just absolutely stressed myself out. Um, but I just think mums need to know don't put so much pressure on yourself to be on top of everything because you can't be obviously as I said we have prepared ourselves for birthing pools we ended up with two c-sections um we weren't prepared for that I just think we can and I like to be in control I like to be structured I like to know what's happening and just walking into the unknown you just can't put that pressure on yourself you know you're walking into one of the most amazing moments of your life just Soak up those newborn cuddles. Do what you got to do. Just, yeah, I, and let dad, if he can, have a say and some time with the skin on skin. That was one of the most amazing moments of both our births was I said to my husband, he didn't get the chance with his son, obviously, um, but I wanted him to be there from the beginning and feel that what that bond feels like. So we actually did skin on skin half each with both our babies and it was the most amazing thing. Um, yeah. And it is right up until there, you know, my little boy was in surgery last week, gets out of surgery and he had a temperature. Best thing you can do, skin on skin, it regulates their temperature and just that gives them that security. So, mm. yeah, just, but just don't stress. Honestly, I woke up with my having my little girl and I was like, oh, my God, I'm a parent. And I remember saying to my husband, what do we do with this? Like, <laughs> how do I, how do we look after this child? Like, <laughs> what do we do? How do we do it? Like, how do I know I'm doing the right thing? And my husband's very cruisy and he was like, it'll just come. And it did. And he's like, you just need to just breathe and just really take in these moments because they'll just fly past. And they do. Look, it mm. just I'll never be done. Give me all the babies because yeah. I'll never be done with the newborns. That zero to two is just amazing. They are, yeah, definitely, definitely goes fast. And um, saying your husband is a cruisy person is the understatement of the year. So for all the listeners, 
Renee's husband is actually my cousin and he is the cruisiest person I've ever met. So I could imagine he would have been a very calming influence through all of that period. Yes, he sure was, which probably was a blessing to me as much as it annoyed me at the time. <laughs> and still, probably exactly what you needed. Stressing out. He's like, whatever will be, will be. Just go with it. And, you know, it was the best advice anybody could have given me. It was just they don't come with instruction manuals, so you really no. have no choice but to just... Treasure the moments, even the bad ones when you're so tired. You've just really got to just soak it in because um, it just goes. <laughs> Absolutely. Incredible advice. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on today, Renee, and sharing all of your information about your business and your motherhood journey. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you today, and I hope that somewhere at some point I can give mums everywhere just something they can take away from that how amazing was that thanks so much Renee for coming on and sharing your beautiful story and if you are interested in linking up with Renee I will share all of her details in the episode notes and tag all of her business information on over on the Instagram at the maiden to mother journey thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time on the show the information and opinions presented in this podcast are for educational and entertainment purposes only While I may discuss pregnancy, birth, and postpartum topics, I'm not a medical professional and the information provided should not be construed as medical advice. I strongly encourage my listeners to consult with their own healthcare provider before making any changes in your pregnancy and birth journey based on the information you hear on this podcast or elsewhere. Remember, the information provided in this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any health concerns or questions, please seek the guidance of a licensed medical professional. Thanks for listening. Remember, Mama, you're everything that your baby needs, and you're doing an amazing job. Mm